Hello and welcome once again to 177 Nations of Tasmania. Emilia started life in a village in rural Ghana, one of the major countries of Western Africa. However, she moved to the capital, Accra, at a young age to attend school. Her experiences living in Accra, as you will hear, had a big impact on her in developing independence, discipline and determination, traits that would help to cope with some of the challenges of settling in Tasmania, where she moved around 10 years ago to be with her husband. And there have been some challenges, uh, which I'm sure other migrants will be able to relate to. But as you will hear, there are challenges that she has also risen to. in Ghana. Well, I, I was born in a village and um, I moved to Accra. Accra is a greater mm -hmm. um, region. Yep, that's the, the, cap the capital, yeah, capital yep. of Accra. So I lived there for a long time. Well, till I moved to Australia. So I lived there for like 20 years before I moved to Australia. Okay. Yep. So how old were you when you moved? Um, from Australia, from Ghana to Australia? Yeah, from, or the, from the village. From, from the village. village to the city. Oh, I think I was seven. I don't really remember, but I think I was that young, like five, six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before, because really, yeah. my grandmom had a school in Accra. It was a very, it's a very big school. It's a very very big school, and um, well, in the village, my grand, my other grandmom that I lived with, my, that's my mom's mom. She really wanted me to have a, a very good education, mm -hmm. and very, and she was very protective as well. So every time I would go to school, like, um, she would want to be at the school. Okay. Yeah, just making sure that, like, every, the teachers are not bothering me or, in, or the, even the students are not bothering me. So it got to a point where I think it was like a private school and she couldn't afford it anymore. So my, my dad's mom, like, she has a very big school, so she decided to take me on. So I had to go live with her instead of... Yeah, because my my other grandmom did couldn't afford the private school, and okay. she wasn't she was very protective as well. So, like at, at a point, she she knew she couldn't take me to the government school because you know with the government school she she couldn't be around more, um, most times. Well, in the big cities, they are like better teachers. They are better schools. Whereas in the village, you know, there are few schools and. So it just it's up to you what you really want. Like if you want your child to have a better education, it's up to you. But I loved the village because um, I mean, I had so many friends and um, the teachers were really nice. And mm -hmm. I think because my grandma like really dressed me really nicely, mm -hmm. so all the teachers really wanted me to do things for them. Like kind of it's like they give you some respect and. They always want you to be the school, um, their class prefect or something like mm -hmm. that. So they know that, like, you know, you are well-dressed, you're respectful, you know, you have, yeah, that kind of thing. So. Okay, we were not really poor, but we, we did everything that we could. Like, everybody supported in a way that they they could even if we had to do any any menial job to just um, make sure that everybody's okay but we're not like struggling struggling it's just sometimes you don't have the money to like a huge amount of money to do what you really want but it's okay it's not like 
we were struggling to eat or struggling this there wasn't anything like that it was okay my grandmom she um she she was in a village because her uncle died and left her uh, a property in the okay. village and she used to be a nurse so um she became a little unwell so that's why um when she when she quit her job she had to move to the village to take care of the property because her uncle was no longer alive there was nobody actually there she was there by herself but she knew she had to do that because to just protect their property so other people like us could actually have a place to live when we because that's where we all come from and it was like just that property that was there so she needed to be there so everybody else in just in case i go to the village right now have a place to sleep you moved it to accra when you were quite young what what sort of your strongest memories about that time I would say it was, everything was big, like mm-hmm. it was the big city and um, actually, and everything was so nice. And um, I moved, when I moved in with my grandmom, she had other family members, like kids, as, like my age, that lived with her. And so we were all like cousins. So it was a big family, with, mm-hmm. it was a really big house and we did things together. And we, we um, like we had like five girls sleeping in one bedroom, and it was yeah, so right. much fun because yeah. obviously, like we learn about each other, like cousins that I haven't mm. met that like you know for so long, or I didn't know them, and then we were like in one big house. We did things together. We did like you know what any ordinary child would do if they. It was like a big extended family, so we were so happy. Yeah, and we we did school, and we were. It was more like, you know, being brought up properly because everybody was doing the right thing and you learn from your um, older cousins, like whatever. They are. It wasn't more like my grandmom, she, she's a bit old, so she wasn't really like always there to tell you, you know, you have to take your shower or mm-hmm. eat your food. But there were people there that would cook and then it was more like her, we were in a house, but more like a, um, a boarding school. Okay. It wasn't. Well, I would say that because she wasn't like always, because she's old, she can, and they are like about 15 or 20 kids. She can, it's a big house. She can, you know, how you have to learn things on your own from your, yeah. uh, if you, if you see the good things that someone is doing, you just take that up and just, you know, so okay. kind of like, you know, you, you, as a child, you bringing yourself up by yourself, but you're looking at the right things to yeah. read, um, kind of so you're sort of learning learning by example Learn, sort of older, yeah older. yeah 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 and do you, do you have you found that that experience has sort of helped you later in life yes think? a lot a lot and i like now i feel like when i tell my kids like because my, my older one she's um i mean he is um he's nine he's nine years and when I tell him, you know, you have to do this and that and that in the right way, he doesn't really understand. But I do understand because obviously we're in a different country and everything is different. But whereas in Africa, it's like you want to be the best. Mm-hmm. You want to be the best among your cousins. So you 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 thrive into, you know, to try so your aunties can be like, okay, you know, this girl is good. They'll always give you the opportunity to do things if you're up good so that helped me a lot yeah so you mean it was it was a little bit competitive in the household yeah yeah like it, it's also up to the individual as, as a whole because sometimes 
people want to be free and do whatever they want. But for me, I just felt like, you know, I knew my mom was not there. My dad was not there with me. So I needed to do what I had to do to make sure that, you know, I mean, getting somewhere. Mm. That's, yeah. If I, if I had to, even if I wasn't doing well at school, I always told myself, you know, I will try my best to do best, to do mm-hmm. be, to be the best. Like I was always telling myself, cause you know. So, so who do you think in that, in that time had the biggest influence on you? Like who was your, um, who did you look up to as your role model? Uh, my grandparents, mm-hmm. definitely. Without my grandparents, I don't think I'll even be here in Australia in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I would say it's from, from the village setting to how she brought me up, my, my, my mom's mom. How she brought me up to, you know, me moving to my um, my dad's mom. It's all about something like I can't I can't really say much about it, but I I, I know how I feel and what training they gave me to get to this point. So I really really look up to it. and my my um, my dad's mom. She's one of the kindest people I've ever met because it didn't even matter like. Even she knew you or she didn't know you. Like, it was just like, she just wanted people to have good education. She wanted people to be okay. Like, she could actually see a child on the street. And if the parents came back, came up to them and said, you know, I want my child to have... Because she had a biscuit and she, she she has a lot of money. So she would just be like, okay, it's fine. Uh, you, you can bring the child to the school. It's, it's okay. So we had like all these, all my cousins from different villages come and live with us. So, A lot of it, it was discipline. Like, you know, you have to be very disciplined. You, even at this at home, we, everybody had a working portion. So before you wake up at dawn and the school, the school was a little bit well, it is, it is still far away. I would say, oh, well, the school is far away from the house. Mm-hmm. So you, um, the bus would be there maybe roughly around, let's say, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you have, within that time, you have to make sure you've done everything that you meant to do at home. You have to take your shower, help the other um, cousins. If you're older, you have to help the other ones. And you you had a working portion, you had to wash the dishes make sure the dishes and it was like every day maybe monday i did the the dishes the next the next day another person did it but on the monday whilst i'm not washing the on the tuesday whilst i'm not washing the dishes i had a sweeping portion like that so everybody Mm. because the big house like she she every everybody has something to do so for me i've i've i i I learned that it it did it did really help me at some point because you know it helps you kind of be organized yeah it gives way. you it means you have a routine yeah at a very young age yeah and so when you were at at school did you have any kind of uh, ambition or dream for what you wanted to do as you grew up i wanted to be an actor okay. and then be a celebrity a famous person <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is so funny because i just like good things and yeah. i i always wanted to be at the top like that's me i i didn't even like for me education is education but i i i knew that i wanted to be somebody very big mm-hmm. yes i i wanted to be big that's yeah. what <laughs> and, and did you did you do anything towards that goal no i didn't have to try 
much because sometimes I, I did get somewhere and then I feel like um, people did recognize that this is this person. And I don't know, maybe it's by luck or sometimes God being on your side most of the time. For instance, um, when I finished, um, so it was a, this like a pre-uni uni mm-hmm. in Ghana. And I, I, I did my intens- intens- um, internship. Um, yeah, the country kind of internship yeah. and I did work with this company it's like her journalist okay. yeah, yeah but whilst I was there I just realized that like they were just giving me all the celebrity reports like you go do that because you you'll be good at this like kind of you know mm-hmm. because and they will give my other colleagues who were from the same school but they will give them like you go do politics and, and so but they every time so I used to go to all their the parties and stuff and I didn't know why but like they'll just be like you go do that you go do that yes so I don't know but they just look at you and just think that you can do this you are good at this so just go do it so Mm -hmm. I so I used to go out at night and do all this reporting parties and stuff with celebrities in Ghana so I don't know that's what I'm trying to say you know I didn't have to try much but at the end of the day, when people see you, they know that, oh, okay, this this girl can actually do this. Oh, this person can actually mm-hmm. do that. And they think that you're good in that, so you can do that. So what did you end up, What did where did you go after school, after school finished? I came here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did that, how did that event, how did that happen? Well, so I was going out, um, it was a long distance, distance um, relationship with my husband and mm-hmm. now, and, um, he he had already moved here so he was like i think he had finished uni or something and he was like uh i really want you to join me and mm-hmm. i was like okay but i didn't even think about anything i just said okay i'm going to australia and i okay. said i just said bye to my mom and everybody and i was just i didn't think about it i just knew that i was in love and i was moving to australia so that's what happened and what what was he doing at the time <clears throat> he had just completed uni Okay. <laughs> yeah. But and decided to stay. Yes. And like I said, I said I just said okay, bye. I'm going to Australia, and that was it. I didn't even <laughs> search anything. I didn't even Google the place or know what it is. I I just wanted to come to Australia, and I was like, okay, I'm going. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sort of brings me to my next, the next question I was going to ask mm-hmm. is what were some of the perhaps most challenging things that you had to adapt to when you were first settling down here? Wearing so much clothes. Because <laughs> yes. I guess you wouldn't have winter. Wouldn't no, have it's just wet and dry season, but I wouldn't compare the wet season to winter here because no, it's just like no. rain and so, and um, we're trying to find my way around everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've moved from a different country to another country and you don't know anyone except the person that you came to see. So, yeah, that's one thing as well. Was it easy to uh, meet new people, to make, to develop a social network, things like that? Uh, not really. I think I'll, <clears throat> I don't really have um, a lot of friends even growing up because I'm... I was the only child mm-hmm. and I didn't really play with a lot of kids. Like I had a neighbor when, even when I was in the village, I had a neighbor and she, she was the only person that could play with because my grandma wouldn't even allow me to eat with people. All right. She's, she was just so protective and I knew why. Cause she, she kind of like, 
bringing me back to my grandma's stories again but because i was the only child she just wanted to make sure that like you know somebody's giving their child to you you have to make sure they are okay she just wanted to give me back to my mom in one piece so she was always she wouldn't allow me to eat with other people like even to play with other people it was just she wanted to make sure that you're in the right place yes so i used to play with this girl that she knew and she would allow me to play so as because of that while i was growing up i didn't really have a lot of friends and mm -hmm. it didn't bother me i was very very mm -hmm. okay like i'm still okay because i don't like i i feel good i don't really need a lot of people mm -hmm. and now i i like i understand why because i just feel like you it's it's good you can have one or two friends or three friends, but not so many like, you know, yeah. because you know who you are and all that. But that's how I grew up. So it kind of, even at, when I was in school, I had one or two friends and that was it. Like I didn't have like lots, lots, lots of friends now. Yeah. No. I think that, I guess that's how I grew up. So I kind of, that's how I, I kind of understood life. So I had like friends that I could trust one or two and that was it. I yeah. Yeah. So because of what I already told you, like I didn't really think that I needed a lot of love of friends, but you know, sometimes when, okay, like you said, when you're in a new place, you just need one or two people to, I don't think that I, I didn't really do that. I didn't really do that. I had um, my in-laws and they were, uh, they were there, so many of them. Now I don't mm. know where, because uh, they've all moved around to, but before we had like, I had all my in-laws there and they were all there so i knew who to talk to but not outside like yeah yeah it, it got to i think to a certain point then that's when i started meeting people because when i had my child i had to go to this child thing mm -hmm. parents together and then i met new people and then we were all talking and then that's how it started yeah yeah i think that's that's where it all started and then sometimes you meet somebody who is also like your same energy and then they're like oh you know and then you meet somebody who has other kids like you and then they, they we start talking and you get their energy and then that's how so that's how i started yeah when i got here to be honest i was a little confused mm -hmm. because i just i felt like my plan back and when I was in Africa, I was more like, I was really enjoying myself a lot more there. But when I got here, it was very quiet. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was not me at all. Because for, it was, it was like a big shock to me. And there was nothing like, I mean, it's beautiful and everything, but I was, not, I wasn't feeling there. There was something missing. So mm -hmm. it, it was a slow start for me. And then I... I had my son at mm -hmm. that time, and then it even became slower because because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think everybody was working, and I had had my son then, and um, I remember coming from there. I tell this, uh, I I tell people this, and it's so funny because that's the only story that I I tell people um, when I when I meet people and we start talking about how we don't have anybody here and stuff like that. Um, so I had my son and I, I had come from the hospital and I realized that everybody had gone, everybody had gone to work mm. and there was no food and I had to carry the baby and um, make my own soup. 
because that's what I wanted to have. And um, that was hard because I just felt like, wow, if I had this baby in Africa, I would have like tons of people come to my house and take the baby away from me and be like, you go sleep, you know, and give me a massage and make my soup. Like by the time I get home, everything was going to be ready. They were just waiting for the baby to just, you know, and the mother, the parents just goes to bed just sleep because it's like you know you've had a long time nine months is not an easy journey mm. so just go sleep and relax yourself and the baby will be taken care of like you just have to wake up and feed the baby and that's it so your body like kind of and they'll give you all their um, hips everything just so you feel okay like you bounce back in no time but here imagine i've, I've just had a baby come home and it's like you know i have to make my own soup carry the baby you have to be strong at that point mm. like i knew i had to be tough Mm. Because I'm like, nah, this is not easy. It's not. It's not a very easy life at all. Like, you know how you saying, or um, how was it slow? But I had to be tough at that time. That was the point that I I knew that you know it can't be slow anymore. I have to you know do something because it was just yes. So that toughened me up a little bit at that point. That very day, I knew yeah. I, I I was making the soup and I was talking to myself and I was like, nah this is not it so I'm just going to make sure that you know everything that I, I had in my mind that it, life is slow I had to be tougher maybe it's just teaching me because at that point when I was when I came here I didn't think I was tougher than when I had my son that was when I knew I had to be tough mm-hmm. so yes that was the very day and what do you think was the toughest part of that that time being able to take care of a, a baby by myself no much sleep my husband was not sleeping either and I Everybody had to go to work. It wasn't like, even if they had time, they had to come in, see you for a short time and make sure you're okay. But like, nobody can just be like, okay, I'm giving time. I'm taking time off my work to, you know, because they also, and I, I do understand because obviously everybody pays their bills and they need that. Yeah. They can't just take yeah. time off and just be like, I'm dedicating my time to come take care of you and your baby. You know, the little time that he had, they did help me and which was really good. I knew I had to do things by myself, no more like, you know, messing around and <laughs> thinking, uh, yeah. Did you think um, your experiences uh, living with all those other people and having to be self-reliant a bit, did you think Yeah, I knew I had to bring that up because yeah. I thought when I when I was coming to church, I was like, I thought it was um, going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to this beautiful place and, you know. And then when I got here, and then things started getting a bit slower and slower, slower. And then I was, and then when I had, yeah. So I knew that I had to take up that and just put it back in my life because it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be beautiful and all that. Like I had to bring that up again because I think I relaxed a little bit when I was doing all my internship and it was just like your normal life. And but now I had to like you know step up and just be like, this life has really started. So you, yeah. you better <laughs> yeah. just. Yeah. So. And when did you feel like it was getting? Was there a point where you sort of felt like, oh, it's getting easier? I've got a, I've got a bit of a handle on this now. It took a long time. Yeah. It took a long time, but I think I'm, I'm still getting there. I'm not even there yet. <laughs> yeah. Like every day, I'm, I, I make decisions and I think about things more, and how can I do it better. I always think about that a lot. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not even there yet. I'm still maybe in the middle somewhere.
over over sort of the time you've been here, what yeah. have been some of the bigger challenges that you've had to um, deal with? I guess that would be to I can be myself, which is the best thing. Mm-hmm. It comes back to respecting people's space again, mm-hmm. like because I'm very free and I can be very very free. Like if you really want me to, but I had to just calm myself down when I'm around people because I don't know what they really if they want me to respect their space like you know because mm-hmm. I had I, I I didn't have that I had that like free per, kind of spirit person yeah so I I got here so I had to make sure that you know I'm dealing with different people whereas in Africa I, I can be free um, around people because obviously they they know me and um, they won't you can meet anybody on the streets and still be free around but whereas here it's hard it takes a, a little, maybe five or six minutes for me to know who you, how free you want me to be around you and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm very much myself all the time, but I, I can also, you know, because I'm, I just feel like everybody has to be free and nice and kind and everything, but it's also depends on who you are dealing with. In terms of work, I just feel like sometimes you just have to, I won't say work, but I'll say that with sometimes people think that, oh, because you're African, they don't respect you or something like that. They don't Mm -hmm. give you that much respect. And so you have to be like, you know, the tough person that thing has to come out of you and be like, you know, you can disrespect me. And you have to just shut people up when they when you know that they're disrespecting you. Mm -hmm. And with that, I've learned I've learned how to do that. Because I just realized that like, you've been too kind and, and respectful, but they are not because they just want to come up to you and just be like, okay, well, um, maybe I'm better than you or something like that. And I don't take that. I, uh, for that, I, I've learned that a lot. So I don't let people look down on me. And I teach my son a, lo- a lot about that as well. Yeah. Because it's a self-confidence, like, you know. It's learning to be assertive. Yes. Yes. Like I. I didn't, I didn't have that and not like, cause I, I barely met people who were not, I, everybody respects everybody. And I thought that was the same way. But when I, when I came here, like, you know, I, I was being the nicer version of myself. Yeah. And then you just realize that people are not very nice. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, there are so many beautiful and amazing people here. I'm not going to lie about that, but there are few people that you might meet and they think that, well, I'm better than you and stuff like that. And which is not. Yeah, and when you're, when you're new to a place, you don't always have that. You're not always yeah. sure and you don't have that mm-hmm. confidence to call it out. Or yeah. To, mm-hmm. You're not quite sure where you stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you don't know if, oh, maybe is the person joking or are they trying to be you know that's what i i used to think that oh maybe they're just joking or they're trying to but once you say no you can't do that because for me i feel like whatever you allow is what is going to continue so that's something that i i have decided that you know if you if if somebody says something to you don't like it you just have to let them know that you know what you said is it's offended me and because I'm telling myself, you know, it's can't continue. So I have to tell the person, you know, this is not it. And they, they never, and every time I've done that to anybody, it never continued. So okay. yes, yeah. because you're able to tell them that you, you're not quiet. You're not quiet. You're not going to keep quiet because they've been disrespectful. 
Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes people may be doing something disrespectful out of ignorance. Yes. And, yeah. But they will keep doing it. Yeah, because they will they still be ignorant. Yeah, if you yeah. don't tell them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they will never know and they will never, they may not realize, or they don't realize how it's affecting you yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true because some people <laughs> don't even know anything about like Africans or they don't yeah. know anything at all. And they just think that whatever they know of, of, of head is what they think it is. So. What have, do you find biggest misconceptions that you've come across about either just Ghana or, or Africans mm. in general that you would like to correct? That Africans live on trees. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a big shock because I, I was like, nah, no. I mean, in, even in the, like, I don't know, but, you know, at the same time, it comes to what we see on, because a lot of people haven't even traveled before. They don't know how Africa yeah. looks like. And um, for you to think that Africans live on trees, no, no, they or, don't. Yeah, they or, are or like, in the jungle. The, I, yeah. So, or, or maybe just walking on the streets and seeing a lion walking around. No, it's not like that at all. I mean, they're just like, I always compare this to even in the US. For instance, there are home, a lot of homeless people and, and even even around the world, there are a lot of poor people. Mm. The fact that like, it's not, there are a lot of poor people and, and there are rich people as well. It's the same in Africa. Maybe you might go to a slum. That's where the poor people live, but it doesn't mean that they are not they are not rich or um, they are not rich people there as well. Yeah. You might not have seen the bigger houses or you, because you just went to the slum. Yeah. Yeah. And even in a slum, people don't live on trees. So no. yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's everywhere. It's just that like in Africa, everybody thinks that. Are, and, people, and there are big cities in Africa. Yes. And they are big, big yeah. tall buildings and sky, whatever. It's just everything, everything you want, everything you need. Here is in Africa. What were maybe some of the, or what are some of the biggest cultural differences you'd say between what you were brought up with in Ghana compared to here? There's a lot of community um, kind of togetherness. Like everybody does things together. I didn't see that when I came to Australia. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody is to themselves. Like in Africa, I would go to my neighbor's house and, and just knock on their door and be like, can you give me salt or sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas here, like I can't do that. Like you have to really know the person before you can do that. Like respecting people's space is the thing here. And whereas in Africa, like everybody can check on you. So there's a lot of people are not lonely. Because everybody can check on the other person. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. We do that a lot in, in Africa. And they don't respect space. Because they don't. <laughs> <laughs> because they won't even tell you when they come to visit you. They just knock on your door and be like, hey, I'm here. Like, it's just, and it, it's nothing, um, it's, it's nothing to us. Because we know that is that is how it is. Like, you know, we eat together and all that, like. You come in, that's fine. Just come in, like, you know, because it's good when you check on the other person. And on that, is it, um, I know in certain African countries, mm-hmm. I've heard that there's a, there's a bit of a hierarchy and that you really have to show respect to 
older people, for example? Yes, yes, yes. So the respect is there. You know when to talk. Like when you're, um, like for me, I lived with my grandmom, my grandparents for a long time. So that kind of thing is there. You you know when she's talking, you have to keep quiet and listen. Yep. And then you give your feedback later, like kind of. It doesn't mean that she's stopping you from talking, but you just have to make sure that you, you keep quiet and just listen to what she has to say because obviously she's older than you and um, maybe some words, some good words or wisdom is coming out from. So that's it's something that we all do. And um, it's just respecting your um, the older, the elderly people and just giving them the respect. Yeah, that's... That's one thing for sure. You cannot disrespect an, an elderly person, especially for my country. Mm-hmm.